You work hard, but do you rest well? You run and run and run, trying to keep up with all the schedules, maybe the your schedule, the kids' schedule, trying to stay on top of everything. And you get home and, and try to relax, but you, think, you keep thinking about other things that need to be done. Do you ever really rest as well as you run? You're listening to Faith and Family. I'm Eddie Bates. Thanks to our friends at Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting Faith and Family. Find out more about them on our website, kfuo.org. Concordia University, Wisconsin, in the sponsor section. My guest in studio today, Brenda Jenks. She's founder and director of Run Hard, Rest Well, runhardrestwell.com. And in studio to, uh, to provide some insights on running hard and resting. How, do, how important is rest that we might work and serve well. Brenda, welcome to Faith and Family. Ah, Andy, hello. Good to have you in studio. We've talked on the phone before, but nice to have you here face-to-face to talk about rest, its importance, and how it helps us work hard. So what, Brenda, tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to begin studying rest and its importance in and its place in our vocations. All right. Andy, I uh, graduated in 1990 from Concordia, Seward, Nebraska, and I I came out with a DCE program, um, ended up in the Chicago area working at a church, and it did not take long for me (laughs) to get overloaded and overextended. I was in an urban setting. The demands and the opportunities were constant. And um, I have been blessed with a body that does not keep up with my (laughs) dreams and my vision. And I got very sick. And during that time, a real dear friend sent me a book by Marva Dawn called Keeping the Sabbath Holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y. And I was completely convicted. I always thought myself a Ten Commandment keeper. (laughs) And after reading this book, I recognized that there was something more to resting well um, and honoring the Sabbath than simply going to worship and going home and eating pot roast with your family. (laughs) there was something life-giving and I wanted it. And so I became the most faithful, miserable Sabbath keeper that our world has ever known. Um, My Sabbath day was not on a Saturday or Sunday, um, but on Monday or Tuesday. And every week I would recognize my fatigue and go, oh, I have a day of rest. And I would land on that day and it was so emotionally messy. I live to work. I love to work. Mm. I had no idea um, how to let down and to rest. So um, a year into my emotionally messy um, Sabbath keeping, our uh, senior pastor sent had a, a staff mandate. And all of us on staff were to take one day of personal retreat mm. um, every month for six months. And after that, we could decide. So... <gasps> When, when he, he shared this, my reaction was, oh, I need this. I am so depleted. And then I panicked. Although I, I love God's word and, and spend time in God's word every morning, my prayer life um, could use some growth. And I thought, ah, oh, I can barely pray for five minutes. How am I supposed to go on a retreat and pray for eight hours? So I got a nifty idea. I was going to... Um, Uh, take a group of kids on a mission trip. And I thought, I will um, plan all the Bible studies, all the devotions. I'll be in the Word. Um, I'll get so much done. This will be a great personal retreat. The day came, I loaded two bags um, up. I was walking out of the church office and I ran into the senior pastor and he said, "Um, Brenda, where are you going? (laughs) What are you doing? I said, "Um, I'm going on my first personal retreat. And he looked me in the eyes and he said, is that work? 
And I said, yes, I'm going to get so much done. And he said, Brenda, no, you're not. And in so many words, Andy, he said, today, I want you to rest well. I want you to listen carefully and produce nothing. (sighs) Convicted, I went back up to my office, (laughs) emptied my bags, kept my Bible and my journal and a a hymnal, um, drove out to this retreat center. And um, Andy, I, I rested that day for the first time in probably two decades. And I met with Jesus in a way that was life-giving. And that was the launch, having tasted rest in that personal retreat. You know, for some people, our homes can be a sanctuary, a place where we can rest. But for many of us, it's not a place of rest. It's a place of more demands. Laundry, dishes, yes, food. constant dust bunnies. I'm the dust bunny queen. <laughs> so, so that was the beginning of my rhythm. Um, were those rests. That's why I am passionate about rest. There is something key that you mentioned that your pastor said as you were going on your work retreat, your personal retreat, which was going to be a working retreat. He said, I want you to produce nothing, Nothing. but rather to, to, to hear, to listen, to receive, I think might've been some of the words that, that you used or the concepts mm. that you introduced. We live in a culture that, that, te- that, that mixes producing and, and receiving, but the receiving part is more about entertainment than, than anything. How important is it that we distinguish between producing, being productive and listening and receiving? Mm. The, um, I have I've really wrestled with a definition of rest, and I believe it's found in Exodus 23, um, verse 12 and 13. It says, um, I want you um, to rest um, so that you are refreshed. Um, in our culture, we know what entertains, we know what amuses us, what distracts us, numbs us, um, mm-hmm. medicates us. We don't <laughs> know what refreshes us. To rest well is an invitation to explore. And I love the fact that God really only has one basic command when it comes to Sabbath rest, and it's cease. It's stop. Stop what consumes you for six days. And for many of us, it's our work. um, It's our family. um, It's technology. Stop what consumes you and come with your empty bucket. Um, you know, it's not a crime to be tired. At the end of every week, we should be tired. But it is a crime to stay that way. And so when we enter rest, we come with our empty bucket to, um, to, yeah, to the wellspring of all that our Lord Jesus has to give us. Sometimes we may think of work as the enemy. Mm-hmm. And I, I get you're not saying that work no. is the enemy here. No, no. We are um, a people who have been called to run hard. Um, I want people every single day to break a sweat. Um, some statistics that I've gathered tells, tells me that every single minute, 244 people enter this world, 197 people leave this world, and 104 people leave it without Jesus Christ. Hmm. We have a job to do. Run Hard, Rest Well at its heart is a great commission ministry. Because programs don't bring people to Jesus. People, by the power of the Holy Spirit, bring people to Jesus. But we are too tired, too overextended to have the time and the energy to invest in people. 
how few of us take the time to intentionally walk across the street or into our backyard to invest in people who don't know Jesus. We are legitimately tired. Um, Run Hard, Rest Well is passionate about waking up the church. I kind of call it the second um, reformation. It's reintroducing the church to the word that God speaks to us about rest um, so that um, we may run hard, um, break a sweat every day, but lean into that rest. Rest allows us to listen well so that we we really have clarity about what we are supposed to be running hard about, that we're not driven by guilt, um, by by societal expectations um, that blur the boundaries of our life. Um, so Run Hard, Rest Well is passionate about us running our race, um, both our professions and our vocation. Profession, we all are doing different things. Mm-hmm. Um, whether we're home with kids, whether we're in an office or a construction site, um, but our vocation as God's people is all the same. We are a sent people um, proclaiming the good news of Jesus um, by who we are and how we love. You mentioned your your pastor when you were serving in a congregation, you know, providing that example for you and 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 guiding you through uh, understanding this importance for rest that you might work hard, that you might serve faithfully. Any other examples to that helped you understand the proper relationship between work and rest? Rest. Um, to be honest, um, the our, our the, the church is pretty void of healthy models and mentors in this. Um, it has um, the, the first, very first Sabbath seed that was planted in my heart was by a, a gal on my freshman floor at Concordia College. Her name was Chris Dalby. And Chris, if you are out there, I would love to give you a hug. Um, <laughs> Chris was a pre-med student back then in 1985, and she was a Sabbath keeper. She worked really hard for six days and, and made space for that day to do what refreshed her, to invest in people, to reconnect with her Lord, to reconnect with the people. And my, when she shared that the first time, my face was probably um, warm and inviting, but inside I was a type A driven maniac. And I thought, why waste a perfectly good day? How dare you? This is a day to get something done for God. Why in the world would you put your feet up? That's, that is where I really was at in the beginning. And so, um, Chris, in, 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 and I'm excited. My daughter just started her freshman year of college, and um, she is entering in as a Sabbath keeper, working very hard for six days and recognizing the power of a day to breathe. Hmm. What frequently gets in the way or muddies a clear understanding of that relationship between work and rest? Mm, Guilt. (laughs) Guilt. God made us people with compassionate hearts and, um, and big dreams. And I, I have been one that has been driven by guilt way too often. The change agent for me, Andy, was, um, the story in Mark one, Jesus is new to his teaching and healing ministry, and he lands at Peter's mother-in-law's house, and she is sick with a fever, and he heals her. And the story says, as the sun was setting, word had spread that Jesus was there, and people were bringing um, the sick to Jesus to heal. I imagine Jesus we had a late night that night as he <laughs> ministered and met the needs of people. That story ends. The next one begins, and it says, Early in the morning, before the sun was up, Jesus went up to the hills to pray. 
that did not change me. I knew <laughs> that Jesus was passionate. He was hungry for the presence of his father, and he often went away. We can imagine that word had spread further that Jesus was there, and and people were making their way to the house. And the disciples had... Um, uh, they had some patience for a while, but Jesus was taking a little extra time, I think, up in the hills that day, and they sent three to go find him. And when they found him, their words to him, to Jesus, were, everybody is looking for you. I hear guilt in that. What in the world, Jesus, are you doing up here? We have a house full of people that need you. And this is what changed my life. Jesus' response to that question was, it is time for us to go to the next village now. Hmm. Those were real people with real needs. Jesus was spirit-led and not guilt-driven. We are invited to be spirit-led and not guilt-driven. God doesn't leave people out in the cold. I do not know what happened um, to that group of people that were waiting for Jesus. But we have to trust our Father. Just because there is a need and op- opportunity does not mean that we are automatically called. We must be spirit-led and bring it to the Father. Some of those people in, in the house might have gotten up and walked to the next village. Some might have left disappointed. We don't know their story, but I have to trust the Father who pursues me and who pursues all of us that that he had plans for each one. But Jesus that day knew that his marching orders were to go on to the next village. What happens when we are driven by guilt? Uh. (laughs) What happens when we're driven by guilt, by the law, by by our guilt or shame Mm -hmm. even? What what happens when we're driven by that? Uh, Two things. Satan celebrates and red flags fly in our life. When we are driven by guilt and we overextend, we, we, um, we don't live in the rhythms established by God. Um, I see four natural rhythms that meet our four deepest needs. We have real needs for physical rest, for a relational rest, for spiritual rest, and for emotional rest. And I believe those are met in, in four rhythms that God gave us. Sleep meets our deepest needs for physical rest. Sabbath keeping meets our deepest needs for relational rest. It is time to reconnect with our Lord. It is time to reconnect in simple, carefree ways with the people that um, we love, the people in our life. Stillness is a rhythm. Be still and know that I am God. That meets our deepest needs spiritually. And the rhythm of solitude, of personal retreat, of going away, not necessarily to a retreat center, but but the power of an hour of going, ah, I am going to, to um, veer off the, the freeway of life and meet with God. So when, when we violate those four rhythms, when we refuse, um, when we say yes, 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 and there is a holy yes and there is a holy no, but when we, when we don't get enough sleep, when Sabbath is not a part of our life, when regular time of quiet with our Lord is not a part of our life, um, red flags fly, and they're pretty ugly. And they fly, um, as, uh, we understand medically, is whenever we are go, 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 on, 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 our body, our adrenal glands are pumping out cortisol. 
Cortisol is a fabulous hormone. It, it prepares us, it makes us alert and ready to tackle the challenges of the day. But it is meant to be something that is released occasionally um, throughout the day, not constantly. The fact that it is it is a constant, um, that we are always on, there's always adrenaline coursing through our body. Adrenaline does a number, a constant cortisol overload does a number on, on uh, the chemical makeup of our brains and it impacts every single organ. And some of the things that we see, um, uh, we see major issues with sleep. We see major issues with um, depression, anxiety, addictions, uh, relation, relationships um, suffer often because of the brain chemistry. We're low on serotonin. Um, we're low on melatonin. Um, there's hormone imbalances. It really plays havoc in our in our body, and um, and that doesn't make our lives very attractive and inviting. Um, we stumble and we we fall short, and uh, we are so blessed that in these messy middles, when we get ourselves caught, um, that Jesus meets us tenderly with his arms wide open and says, "You're mine." So being driven by guilt gets us out of that, those natural rhythms of Mm -hmm. rest and and work Mm -hmm. as well, but Mm -hmm. gets everything confused and messes up with, messes our our bodies, our minds, our hearts, our souls when we're driven by guilt because we're not following that, that, that natural rhythm or the, 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 well, the rhythm that's, that's led as God would have us Mm -hmm. live. What, what happens, you know, say we, we live a, 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 a pretty balanced life between work and rest most of the time, but occasionally there may be something that comes up that throws us out of our regular rhythm, but it's not a regular practice for us to be out of that. Mm-hmm. How do we, how does that fit into a picture of a balanced life of rest and work? Mm-hmm. It, um, um, first of all, folks who have some natural balance, I cheer you on, um, and I encourage you to become a storyteller, um, to to share that, to invite people into that journey, because there really is such a void. Um, and running hard uh, does not mean that, that life is going to be easy. It means that we're going to live, live an empowered life. We all have seasons of, of intensity. Uh, My husband, Tim, is the executive director of Camp Luther Haven in Fort Wayne. Summer is a very busy (laughs) time for us. We run hard. And and so how we prepare, we have to be intentional before. Um, We want to go into that with our tanks filled. If our tanks are are nearing empty and we're moving into a hard time, um, we're going to putter. after intense times, there has to be some intentionalness of of refilling, and, and sometimes it also requires going to organizations and breaking through um, realities. In some situations, in those high intense times, um, organizational mandates might be that that there aren't days off. Um, prior to our time there, there was more of a rhythm that the director did not take any time off. And having already been captured by God's word, um, you know, the, the commandment um, to rest is not a suggestion. It is a commandment. And we approached the, the board and said, um, we know that the word of God is so important and critical to, the, to our ministry. 
and to be faithful. Um, you know, a day off has to be a part of the rhythm. And and there was res- there was not resistance from from the board, but actually some of the young people who had been part of of camp prior to us was used to the director being there 24 seven. And, um, Tuesday was our day off. Tuesday is our Sabbath day. And, um, and, and there, we felt some pressure with that, some internal pressure of, um, but the modeling and, um, and the gift of being refilled and re-energized, what we're able to give those six days, we did not come out of summer limping and gasping, um, um, there was still life in us. And I think that's a testimony to what God does. Say your life is full of chaos now, mm-hmm. not a very balanced life of work and rest. Mm-hmm. How can you make this change? Is it something that you do cold turkey right. overnight or is it something that can be done in uh, incremental changes? How do you go from a life of chaos to a life of running hard and resting well? Right. Uh, precious, powerful question. <laughs> Um, I think we need to do a little inventory. Um, we want to ask ourselves four questions um, and assess ourselves. To what degree am I physically depleted? To what degree am I emotionally weary? Uh, to what degree am I spiritually dry? To what degree relationally am I detached or am I maxed out? Um, sometimes the holiest thing we can do is take a nap. Um, <laughs> um, physically, um, um Attending to sleep is a powerful thing. I love the story um, of Elijah in First Kings 19. Elijah had just witnessed the powerful confrontation of all the prophets of Baal and the living God and the wet altar, and God won. And, <laughs> and from that place, Elijah ended up in, in the desert under a broom tree wanting to die. And as a child, I was so baffled. Oh, Lord, if I had seen that kind of miracle, I'd be on fire. I'd be running hard. And here, Elijah, Elijah was tired. Um, You know, as a child, I forgot that he had been alone and being fed by ravens for two and a half years um, before all of this. But how God met him in that place was not, um, there was no guilt. There was no um, pep talk. God allowed him to take a nap. And then an angel came with a tasty treat. Personal retreat, giving ourselves an invitation of, of getting away. That was that was the change agent for me, was um, time set apart to go away, to breathe, to get outside, to worship and wonder, to, um, to take a nap. So attending to sleep, of giving ourselves um, a cushion of time. There's a story um, in the South, there's a small community and um, the obesity rate of their children was going through the rough. Mm. And the first year, as officials wanted to tackle it, um, they um, did all this education to parents and to kids. And after that year, it was a complete failure. Um, the second year, a little research, a little assessment came in. And they recognized that this community, more than any other community around, had um, that people were consuming mostly whole milk versus 1% or 2%. So that next year... On billboards, in the grocery store, in parent meetings, all they said is start drinking 1% milk. They kept it simple, one simple thing. And the obesity rate of the children started going down. So my encouragement is um, maybe as you assess where you're at, you need to pick the area where you are most depleted. 
and you attend to that one thing. I am so physically depleted. The first, the best thing you can do is work on your sleep. Um, sleep is, is tricky. I encourage people to look at TED Talk videos. I encourage you to explore sleep. Um, it's critical. Um, maybe you need face-to-face time with Jesus. Pick that one thing. Or you look at the four rhythms and go, you know what? This one rhythm, I'm doing it pretty well. And if I just take it to that next level, it will it will sustain me. It will it will feed me. Um, so yeah, one step, one step at a time. Just under a minute left. Tell us about Run Hard, Rest Well. How we can uh, find out more. How it might benefit uh, me. How it might benefit uh, our listener today. Mm. Uh, where can we find out more? Okay, love for you to visit our website, runhardrestwell.com. Uh, we have tons of resources, free resources and devotions um, and invite you. Run Hard Rest Well, we recognize that solo endeavors are very hard. Um, it takes a community commitment. When when God was sharing the, the, the commandment to rest, he said, guys, I want you to rest, but I want your family to rest. I want the servants and the aliens and even your animals. We need to do it in groups. So Run Hard Rest Well targets groups. We do retreats for women. We do staff retreats for church staff and church and school staff and ministry staff. And we create a culture um, that helps people realign their life to a biblical blueprint of work, rest, and rhythm. And speaking of uh, not doing this alone, you're not alone in this as well. You have a team of others from a variety of disciplines that help with uh, looking at all of these uh, various aspects of life so that we can be healthy as we run hard and rest well. Yes, it, it is not just me. There is a whole team that is working hard to bring this message to the church. My guest today, Brenda Jank, founder and director of Run Hard Rest Well. Runhardrestwell.com is the website. Brenda, thank you so much for being my guest today, for sharing your story and helping us run hard and rest well. Andy, thank you. Coming up in just a little bit, Thy Strong Word, right here on the Messenger of Good News, Worldwide KFUO. listening to Faith and Family, produced by Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518, or you can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO.